right, so I have some questions here. My first question is, when is information required to be shared? And just take just a second or so and think about that. So when do you have to give information, right? So the first thing is, I want you to think about it from this standpoint, is do you have contract work being done where that contract work is in something called a covered process? And I'm talking electric power specific covered process. And so always, when you see the word covered process, I want you to go back to electrical system hazards. So is the work being done in an area or is it being done on facilities that has electrical system hazards? Always go back and think about that. So if I'm in, in a generation facility and I have to bring contractors in to actually perform some type of maintenance work on a system, are there electrical system hazards? And in the generation world, that means any part of the system that is required to operate the generation piece of that system. So are there any hazards associated with that? Then if so, information sharing or information transfer actually applies, okay? My second piece is this, who is required to share that information and who is required to receive that information? All right, so there are two very distinct entities and hopefully you've come up with that. So if somebody said to you, who, is, who has to share information? Hopefully you came up with these. The first one is certainly the host employer. And the second piece is the contractor. The contract employer has to share and receive information. And we're gonna go over what that information is, but there has to be a sharing process put in place where it's kind of a two-way street here on sharing information. Now here's the question that always comes up with this. And by the way, the information transfer piece of the electric power vertical standard is a new piece that was added in 2014. And even though, you know, that's been a while ago, it's still something that is fairly new to the industry. It takes 20 years in our industry for people to get really good at things. So it is still kind of a new piece in there. So how do you actually give this information and how, how from an OSHA standpoint, do they want to um, ensure that you're giving that information? So here's what I'm gonna say. So from an OSHA standpoint, OSHA looks at it from, is it a process that you've built that appropriately gets the information out there? So it's not just that I'm putting it in writing and I'm handing it to somebody. So appropriate method actually says here that I have got a way that I can ensure that that information is passed along to the people that need the information to be able to safely perform the work. So that means 
that the folks that are that are there on that job site did they effectively get the information that's required not that the prime contractor had it and it stopped at the first level but that it went all the way through the contract side of the house and got all the way down to the people that need the information out on the job site so whatever process you put in place that information has to be readily known out on the job site. Two pieces um, from a host employer standpoint I want to think about is who is a host? Host is typically the power company, the utility. But in the world we live in today, the dynamic has changed so much. In the world of green energy, there might be someone that owns that facility, but they don't operate it. So in this particular part of the vertical standard from, from an um, information transfer standpoint, it is whoever operates that system and has that daily operation of that system now becomes the host. So that host is to give information to the contractor. Now who is the contractor? Two pieces here. Certainly, to be able to figure this out is it's all about the contract. So is there a contract between the host and the contractor? So it all kind of goes back to the contractual language. But here's the second piece of this, and it's an important piece, and that is the subcontractor. So if, if a contractor is out on the job site and there are five levels of subcontractor, subcontractor has to get all of the information too from the host and it goes all the way down because it's everybody on the job site that gets the information that they need to be able to perform their work. Now what type of information I said earlier and, and I want to make sure I kind of go over this because this is something that that we get a lot of questions about well how, how do I have to do this? So at the end of the day the, the OSHA process actually came out and said this is basic communication rules and so we just want you communicating that information and we want the folks on the job site to have the information they need they've given you a kind of a long laundry list of ways that you can actually communicate so it's not saying right or wrong but there has to be a way to ensure that the folks on 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 the site get that information when you're looking at trying to figure out what your system looks like with information sh uh, sharing and transfer, it's all about this. And hopefully this is what you wrote down. Did the communication reach the workers in the field? Are they using the communication or the information to be able to perform their work? So for an example with this is you have provided information Okay. And that information has come down through um, your, your contractors and the information is about the maximum available fault current that's on the system that they're getting ready to work with. And so that maximum available fault current says that in this work application they're going to need uh, four alt grounds, temporary protective grounds. 
And so you've got your, your crew, and the crew, that is the contract crew, goes out, and they're using one-alt temporary protective grounds when four-alt temporary protective grounds is needed. It's a way to see that the communication, whatever you put in place, was not effective because the information did not get to the field process or the field so that they could process exactly how they needed to perform their work. Um, at the end of the day, it's about that. So being able to determine did information get there, if not, then you would want to back up and punt and say uh, what we just put in place is not effective. We've got to look at building out maybe a different type of communication strategy to get that information down. And at the end of the day, I want to ensure I say this, is that it is the host employer's responsibility to ensure that the information does get to all workers. So there is, there is some responsibility that has to take place. Like it can't just be a hands-off approach that, yes, I gave that information and, and how it got down, I had nothing to do with it. There has to be some way that the information gets down. I want to point this slide out to you. I think it's a really good slide to better understand exactly what information is kind of included in this information sharing or transfer area. I would highlight and go back and look at the general industry standard or construction. I've given you the general industry number, which is 1926 um, A4, and it's called Existing Characteristics and Conditions. And OSHA has the information that is required under information transfer sharing, under the assessment piece that feeds into this, because in the electric power standard, there are requirements for assessments for minimum approach distance. There's requirements for assessments for flames and electric arcs. There's requirements for assessments in the enclosed space. And so there are many requirements on assessing the workplace that feeds into this existing uh, characteristics and conditions. And there's an additional piece that feeds into that. And that is job briefings. In 2014, OSHA actually updated the job briefing area to say, that the information has to be shared on existing conditions and characteristics, or excuse me, existing characteristics and conditions, and it has to be given to the employee in charge to be able to effectively give a job briefing. So that was, that was a massive update on the job briefing side of the house. So all this ties back into giving information through this sharing process to your contractors. Now, I want to talk about this from a host standpoint. So you're the host. What information do you have to provide? Once again, we just talked about system characteristics. So system characteristics. And in reality, you know, I, I'm just going to say right here that system characteristics is what your system's made of, what it looks like, what's the dynamic of the system. 
um, characteristics. I've got a, kind of a long laundry list here in just a few minutes I, uh, I'm going to go over. But it's actually what your system is. Must provide this information. So if you hire a contractor, you cannot say, hey, uh, I don't have the information on what my system looks like. Um, you can just go out and get it. Regulatory law is saying to a host, if you don't have it, you have to obtain it. I'll give you an example. It's pretty easy out on the distribution transmission area. You most likely have all the information you're holding it about your system if you're a host. But in the generation world, it might be a little different. Let's suppose that you have an old hydro plant, and I've seen this in the past. So your hydro has been in, in a service since the early 1900s, and you may never have built out one-line diagrams or any diagrams of your system. And so you need to ensure that if you're hiring a contractor that you have the appropriate information to give, like one-line diagrams of the system, to be able to give it to that contractor. You can't say, hey, I don't have one lines. You, you know, you can, you can go in and, and perform that work. So that's something you've got to attain if you don't have it. The next piece is known conditions, and known conditions is exactly what it says. What is the condition of your system? What does it look like? Is it in good condition? Is it in poor condition? Are there things that um, may need to be upgraded or updated on your system? Is there something happening to your system? Now, here is a difference in this. This is the known conditions must be provided if you know that. Let's suppose that you have a distribution system and you have gone out and actually um, put in a process where you have a pole inspection program in place. In the pole inspection program, let's say for, for instance, there are 30 poles that in this inspection program, there are 30 poles that need to be replaced. And you've hired a contractor to come in and do some work and it's not to replace poles then you've got to be able to give them the information that was given to you about the integrity of the poles before they start work. And that's just kind of an example to help you with that. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to hear more of our podcasts, go to our website at incident-prevention.com slash podcast to get more or search Incident Prevention wherever you get your podcasts from. Until next time, stay safe.